0: Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy today's message.
1: If you uh, and I haven't gotten a chance to meet yet, my name is Tony and I'm the lead pastor here and the lights will come on for you to see me here shortly. Uh, there they are, okay. Would you open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. The book of Matthew 18, 18 through 20. If you've been tracking with us, you know that we've been in the middle of a series uh, that we've called, uh, What If Jesus Was Serious? And, and we're asking the question, what if Jesus was serious and actually meant what he said when he taught the things that he taught? Today, I want to ask the question, what if Jesus was Jesus was serious about community. And the text reads this. It says, truly I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them in my, by my father in heaven. And here's, here's the key text. For where two or three are gathered in whose name? My name, Jesus' name, there I am amongst them. God, I thank you for your word because it lights our path, Lord, and it directs us. I pray, God, that you would meet every person today where they're at, whether this is their first time in church or maybe it's their first time in a long time, maybe it's their hundreds of thousands of time, Lord. God, uh, whether they're asking questions and just beginning a journey with you, asking questions about faith, or maybe we've been walking with you for a long time and we're fervent about all things you. Lord, I pray that anywhere that we land on that spectrum of faith, that you would speak to every one of us. More importantly, God, I pray that you would reveal your son, Jesus Christ, to every one of us in a real, in a life-changing, tangible way. We know that when we see Jesus, our lives are never the same again, and we're grateful for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Christian. Hey, if you're a middle schooler, you can head on out to Blast Class. Uh, Lane and the team are back there waiting for you. So head on out, go learn some good things. And uh, for the rest of you, uh, like I said, we are in the middle of this series that we've called, What If Jesus Was Serious? What if Jesus actually meant what he said? What if we took Jesus's words seriously. Even the hard words, even the the words that come in and kind of challenge our way of thinking and challenge our way of doing things. And as you know, if you're a part of Legacy Church, by the way, if you're visiting us today, we like to say you're not just a visitor, but you are a guest. And so we hope that you feel like a guest. If you don't feel like a guest, come talk to me after the service and I'll be sure to have a chat with our teams, okay? I'm just kidding. I'll go easy on them, but we do. We want you to feel like a guest today. But uh, we are doing this series as we lead up to January 29th, which is our Vision Sunday, where we're going to break out for about six weeks, an entire series on vision and what we feel God has for us in this next year. So as you know, I'm laying down the foundation for that. Uh, But I'm asking the question today, what if Jesus was serious about community? How many of you know that there are certain uh, food uh, thing, food and, 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 and recipes and, and ingredients that are really good on their own, but they're even better when they're put together in, in, into something and made into a meal? Uh, he, some of you might look at me today and you might ask, how do you look like such a specimen? Let me... <laughs> Let me explain to you how you two can achieve this figure. Um, take, for instance, french fries. How many of you know french fries are delicious? I mean, french fries are, abs- if you don't think french fries are delicious, well, this is why we believe there's hope for all people still, okay? <laughs> french fries are absolutely delicious, but you know what's better? Fries with ranch, come on. You know, uh, fries with ranch. Look at you. You're, you don't live until you dip your French fries into some ranch. Okay. Uh, first service. People didn't really like that one, so they were more like the, the you know fry sauce people. Uh, oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, if you're anything like my wife, you're, you you take what's really good, like ranch, and then you take something that's also good, like barbecue sauce, and you. Put them both together and that's what you dip your fries in. Anybody do that? Like, take two really good things that become even better. All right, how about this? Um, sorry, uh, vegans and vegetarians, but steak is, is good. Like, come on, you're in Idaho, so you gotta say amen to that, okay? Ste- steak is good, man. But you know what's even better? Steak with some mashed potatoes. And you know what's even better in mashed potatoes? A ton of garlic and a ton of butter. Come on. Come on. I know. I I did the garlic for the Jersey girls here, you know. I'm looking at your direction, Emily. Anyway. Well, what's, you know, and and if you're really health conscious, then in addition to the mashed potatoes and the steak, you're throwing in some asparagus, right? Come on. And you're going to pay the price. When your you know what smells like you know what later, okay? <laughs> Is that allowed to say in church? Your urine smells a little weird. Don't go anywhere, okay? I was just saying that, right? But well, <laughs> I should probably move along from this analogy. I failed that at first service. I thought it would land better second service. I feel just as awkward now as I felt then. <laughs> so let's just go back to the word of God. What does this have to do with community? Here's, here's the thing. I'm sure you are a great person. I'm looking at you, you're, you're beautiful people, you're awesome, but can I tell you, you're even better when you live your life in and for community. Can I tell you, you're even better when when your life and your experiences and all that you've been through and all that you're currently journeying is shared with other people. Life is made and designed so that you and I could live in the context of community. But here's the challenge, in our day and age, have you heard of this thing called individualism? And individualism has run rampant through our culture individualism says you do you boo you get yours you, you do what you want you have your journey you have your truth and no one else can speak into that and no one else can weigh in on that and and how dare anyone call you up or call you out of your way of thinking right the the problem we run into is this even happens now generationally right where our american mindset is as soon as these kids are 18 they're out of my house and we break the intergenerational living communal way that God has designed for us to live. And here's the truth, churches. Even as I talk about where we're headed as a church on our vision series, I just want to let you in on a little secret. If you look around, there's some gray hairs in the room. There's some in-between hairs in the room. Some of y'all just don't have any hair at all in the room, and that's okay. Just own it, right? Just bick it every every day. You got it, okay? It's going to be alright. Some of you have a great head of hair, and some of us are jealous about it, right? That's fine. But here's here's the thing. We are a multi-generational church, but one of the things that God is calling us, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret when we talk about Vision Series, is I believe God has called us to become an intergenerational church where we don't just have a representation of different age groups, but where those age groups are in community together, where young and old are speaking to one another, where we're pouring into each other, where our wisdom is flowing down and our new and fresh dreams are flowing up and so here's here's the thing these things that jesus taught within the context of matthew 18 and and i know i just read a short scripture but if you read the verses prior it's it's how to create a healthy community Jesus explains in Matthew 18, hey, when you've got a problem with somebody, because how many of you know offenses do come up, and he gives us a guide as to how to resolve offenses, and as a result of a unified, healthy community, we see what is presented in Matthew 18, 18. That when we properly and healthily address the things that we need to do, there is a promise there from God, much like we read in the book of Psalms 133, when it says, and by the way, I've got a lot of scripture references for you today. Not all of them are going to be on the screen. Some of them I'm rattling off, so you better take some notes and get ready today for a lot of Bible, okay? You know, even Psalm 133 says, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. The third verse finishes off with, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, So there's a commandment of blessing that comes. What if Jesus was serious when he said that when we gather in his name, not only is he here, but things begin to happen? What if if he was serious about how he lived his life and modeled community for us, and was actually serious and meant that we are now to live in that same model and lifestyle? So today I wanna give you three specific elements that talk about community. The first one today is this, is that community is in his very nature. Community is in the nature of God. From the beginning we read in in the first chapter of Genesis, Genesis chapter one, 26, God doesn't say, I will make man, he says, let us make man. In the triune character of Jesus and of God and of the Holy Spirit, there is this trinity relational communal way of relating with one another. It's in his nature, the triune nature of God, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna give you lots of scriptures here. The book of John is, is just marvelous at creating just w- w- an understanding, if you will, of this triune nature of who God is. And I don't think that this is going to be an exhaustive or, or extensive uh, lesson on the Trinity, but let me just dip your toes into that. John 1, one through two says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Are you tracking with me? There is a communal way of relating God the Father, Jesus the Holy Spirit. John 1, 18, no one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He, Jesus, has made him known. John 16:13 through15. When the Spirit now here's the Holy Spirit, right, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak. Check this out out of his own authority but whatever he hears, he will speak, right? Whatever the, he hears from God, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So now there's a relationship between the Spirit and the Son. Are you tracking with me? All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. I know I'm, I'm going quick and hopefully you're catching up here. Uh, part of Jesus's high priestly prayer in John 17, when Jesus had spoken these words he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said father so this is Jesus now speaking to God the father the hour has come glorify your son so that the son may glorify you are you beginning to see this dance are you beginning to see uh, you glorify me I glorify you we relate we don't do anything unless it's under one accord we are in unity since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you've given and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work you gave me to do. And now Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Just a few of the many examples that the nature of God is one of community. You see it in Matthew three sixteen to 17, Jesus is being baptized. Right, so we've got Jesus. Then we've got the voice from heaven, God the Father. And then we've got the dove and the spirit in the form of the dove that comes. We see the relationship. C.S. Lewis, if you read him, calls this the dance. And if you're from Latino culture like me, it's a little bit like, come on, that's a dance. Some of you are looking at me like, what? Um, Yeah, get cultured a little bit, that's okay the dance, right? Like, this is God glorifying the Son, the Son honoring and glorifying the Father, the Spirit. So it's not, it's not this weird idea. Hear me, church. It's not this weird idea of God, the overbearing Father that controls, and then this little weak baby Jesus that's just like, uh. And then and then there's like what no one wants to talk about nowadays. Like, the weird step uncle that only appears during Thanksgiving, the Holy Spirit, because he's just weird and like, we don't want to talk about him. He causes awkward moments. Right? No, no, no. It's not that. We see instead all throughout scripture how they communed with one another. And though each individual was powerful, fully powerful on their own, together they make the complete trinity of God. All all aspects of them is loving. All aspects of them is glorifying each other and working in conjunction with each other. So I want to ask you the question, if we are made in his image, then don't you think we too are human beings that need community. If community is in his nature, why wouldn't it be in our nature? I don't know if you know this, but there is a natural longing inside of each and every one of you to not be alone. I'm not talking about a personality. I'm not talking about uh, your preference. I'm talking about in your very nature, there is a desire that God placed in you to know and to be known, to not journey at life alone. And I don't know if you know this, but if you're here today, this church is not interested in just cute phrases and cliche Christianity, we are interested in apprenticing the way of Jesus Christ and following after the life that he modeled for us. And if you're in the room today or you're watching online, wherever you're at on your journey of faith, it is likely that you too have something in you that wants to either know or understand how to live your life the way Jesus lived his life. And if we're models of the way of Jesus, well, let me tell you that the ministry of Jesus was in the context of community. It was with people, for people. He would travel with people, to people. He taught and reached out to people, with people. His way of life, and and here's what's happened. Individualism has taught you and I that the more we have, the taller and larger offenses fences we build. And Jesus' way is the more you have, the larger of a table you build. Why? Because everyone has a seat at Jesus' table. There's a seat for everyone at the table that Jesus sets for us. Come on, 90s kids, you remember this audio adrenaline. It's a big, big house. A big, big table, lots and lots of food. A big, big, or come on, where we can play. By the way, it's not football, it's football, let's go, okay? A big, big house, hey, it's my father's house, right? Okay, some of you young people don't know. Some of you old folks are like, wow, okay. Youth ministry, Y2K, yes, exactly. Y'all remember Y2K? Maybe you're here today and You're a little burnt out of like this church thing. And you're like, is this church thing, like does it even work? And I I just wanna challenge you, have you actually sold yourself in the community of God short by not living life in community? See, what I'm about to say might be a little, difficult to receive from elite from a pastor might feel a little contradictory but can i tell you your attendance on a sunday is not the complete whole community that god has for you now i'm saying thank you for being here and without you we wouldn't have what we have and it's necessary But some of us have sold our relationship with God and our fellow believers short by thinking a Sunday service, 45-ish, 50-minute sermon, and about three-ish songs are going to fill the need for community in us. And I want to tell you, we've sold our very nature short by doing that. You're not actually Living Christianity out all the way. How can you and I make a judgment call on something that we're not fully engaged in? Some of you are frustrated because I'm just not connected. Let me just say one thing to you. Jesus is not interested in you being connected. He's interested in you knowing what communal living is. Connection is the first point. Being in community and living life in the context of community is where abundant life appears. Why? Because if this is his nature, then it should be what our nature becomes. That's That's gonna lead me to my second point today. I hope you're with me still, okay? Because we still got two more points to go. Community (sighs) combats self-preservation. I told you last week that I was gonna get all up in your grill this week. So get ready, because I'm about to get all up in your grill this week right now. I believe the age of individualism has brought many destructive things to our culture and to our lives. I just don't find anywhere in the Bible where self-preservation is what Jesus calls us to. And self-preservation is brought on through a culture that says, you got to take care of yourself. You gotta protect yourself. Now, I, I get it, like, trust me, I'm the guy that installed a flat screen TV on the opposite side of our bathroom wall so that when I lay in the bath, I can watch soccer, okay? Uh, I, just, I just masked it with, it's a gift for Valentine's Day from my wife. So like, I installed it and I was like, babe, look at what I did, you know, like. And after that, she's never use it, and I use it every week, right? Like, where's Tony? Watching soccer again? Yes, yes. Now, I get it. There's moments where we've got to take care of ourselves. But also, let me just say this. This whole idea, because there's words out there that we buy into in our culture, things like self-care, that, yes, can be healthy, but they can also be unhealthy. And let me just warn you, true self-care means you are being replenished, and my question is how are you being replenished or are you simply binge watching Netflix and calling that rest? Cause I'm telling you that's not rest for your soul. Yeah, true. true rest is found at the well that doesn't run dry. Come on somebody. The true rest is found where I feed from the person who actually satisfies my soul and as I mentioned individualism has brought this idea of self-preservation and as humans I don't know about you but our very nature will always seek the path of least resistance the easier route right what what what's less uncomfortable and we've designed an entire society that points to our comfort the very chairs you're seated on right now were engineered for your comfort. Some of you are like, it could be a little more comfortable. See, and that's the problem. Right, we're, we're in a, a crisis of comfort because, we, because we've designed our entire society to make us feel comfortable. The temperature in this room is designed for my comfort because I'm under the lights, okay? So if you're cold, you can get a blanket and bring you know, a jacket to church because there's only so many layers I can take off before it's weird, okay? <laughs> the path of least resistance is what we will constantly want to choose. We're, our default is going to be what protects us and conserves us if we're not careful. Let me say it again, we will always want to default to what protects us and conserves us if we are not careful to fight against self-preservation. Let me tell you, this fight can't be done alone. Let me get very specific with you about something. There is nothing better for your uncomfortability than getting into a small group with somebody that doesn't think like you, doesn't vote like you, and doesn't read the Bible the same way you do. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing better, young people, than getting into a room with some gray hairs and asking them for wisdom. There's nothing more uncomfortable gray hairs than getting into a room filled with loud children and you're used to your quiet home. And being able to hear of their dreams and get energy from them. There's nothing better, though, for your character than that. Than getting out of your comfortable zone and getting real with people. And here's the thing. We can't fight this alone. And last time I checked, my Bible does not teach self-preservation. In fact, In fact, Jesus himself teaches self-denial death to oneself. Jesus says it this way, if you don't believe me, he goes, if you want to follow me, you must first deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, and follow me. Some of you, that's the first time you've heard that in church, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we've preached a cheap gospel that just says, yeah, and but absolutely, there is this free gift of eternal life that you can't receive uh, except through the Son of God, which is Jesus Christ. And that's beautiful, but that's just the beginning. The true abundant life is found where Jesus in Matthew 16, 25 says, and he explicitly says it this way, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for Mike's sake will find it. My Bible doesn't teach self-preservation, and I protect myself, and I got to take care of myself, and I got to do self-care, and I got—no, my Bible teaches self-denial, death to oneself, death to my preferences, death to what 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 I want, to my desires, and I pick up daily my cross, and I deny myself, and I follow Jesus. Not a very popular popular message, right? You're going. I'm glad I'm only visiting. I may not return. I hope you do. We're not called to preservation. Jesus's own cup is described in the Bible as being emptied out. We too are to empty ourselves out for the sake of other people. Paul teaches the church in this way in the book of Philippians chapter two. He's speaking to a community that are a bunch of overachievers, by the way. And he's trying to teach them the joy of community And he says this, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And this is how we do it. You ready? This is the how. Do nothing from selfish ambition. Oof. That doesn't sound like self-preservation to me. Or conceit but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Doesn't sound like self-preservation. Let each of you look into not only his own interests, but also the interests of others. That's not self-preservation. Let each of you, uh, uh, verse five, have this mind amongst yourselves, which is in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as something to be grasped, but he emptied himself, not self-preservation, by taking the form of a servant, Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. I'm going to say something very clear. And if you've heard me preach for the last four years, you know that I rarely preach and then in a sense require a response out of you. But let me just tell you today, I'm going to do something different. I am expecting every person in this room and online that calls himself a follower of Jesus to take a next step at the end of this sermon today. Because I am convinced that we cannot continue to kid ourselves if we think that what we just read is something that's isolated to a Sunday morning. Paul is not saying, hey, on Sundays, this is how. He's speaking to a community of believers in the context of community, in the context of relationship with each other. Guys, this is how we are called to live. And this cannot be accomplished on a Sunday morning. And yes, again, your attendance here on a Sunday is crucial, but this is why we believe in small groups here. This is why this week we've, we're launching in this week 10 brand new small groups so that you can get into a circle around a table and get sharpened and get challenged and get vulnerable and get real and transparent and begin to experience the abundant life within the context of community that God has for you. Why? This is exactly why the early church modeled it. We read about it in Acts 2, uh, chapter uh, 2, verse 42 to 47, right? It says they went from house to house. But Tony, yes. I like my evenings. Totally. Me too. Like I get it. Listen, here, here's the thing. I get it. Some of you are like, I work like 12 hours a day. I work like 10. I I And for some of you, I said 12, and that wasn't impressive. Okay, I work like 16 hours a day, Tony, right? Like, I work, and and like the last, and I get it, hear me, I get it. The last thing I want to do after coming home is like kind of take a breather, get changed, get ready, or whatever, and like, and then go go and like get transparent with people, like, and get to know them. And like, what you're describing is actually really scary. Or like, I get it, you're a stay at home parent, you're going, the last thing I want to do after being with my children, running the home, is not just throw my children at my spouse and go, like, let's just hang out tonight. I I get it. But self-preservation is a choice. And you can choose to preserve your evenings and your comfort, or you can choose to live life in community. A life that forms you into what Paul is describing here in in the book of Philippians. Practically speaking, let me just say it this way. Yes, it is hard. In a culture that in addition to individualism is constantly telling you to be comfortable, I get it. Yeah. So you're asking me, Tony, like at the end of this to take a next step. Okay, you're still being a little vague. Let me just say it this way. I'm gonna ask you to consider stepping into small group living this week. That's, that, that's my ask tonight. I'm, I've just, I haven't even gotten to my third point. And that's, I'm just laying it out for you. Why? Because I believe that vulnerability, transparency, relationship is not just a part of what the Bible describes, but it's a part of God's desire for your very life to grow into the full stature of the person you're called to be. Did you know that in our culture, the message women hear over and over again is be perfect. Look perfect act perfect, have your home, make sure your Instagram looks perfect, be perfect, right? And man, you better be strong and don't show any weakness and you better have all the answers. And so I get that what I'm saying today is challenging you to put down that wall of fake strength, men, because my Bible says that in my weakness, he's strong. Not when I fake being strong, is he strong? No. Right? Right? My Bible says no one's perfect, no, not no one. So ladies, take that pressure off and come into the wholeness that Christ has for you. Can I pause here and just share a little bit of like a personal story? Is that okay with you? Okay, well, I didn't need your permission, but I asked anyway, because I'm a gentleman, so. (laughs) What I'm preaching on, I I default to self-preservation. Because vulnerability and openness has actually cost me a lot. And I would venture to say I'm not the only one in the room. I'd venture to say that I'm not the only one that when I've shared things, with people that I thought I could trust, it's been weaponized against me. I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only one in the room that maybe when I finally let my guard down and said something, it was then twisted and then it was used against me. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one in the room that at some point heard what everyone else thinks about them except for the person that should have told me directly. And if you're anything like me, I begin to build up a wall of productivity, of busyness. And so then you get, hey, oh yeah, yeah, totally yeah. Yeah, hope you're having, bless you, bless you, brother. Oh, amen, yeah, yeah, have a great day, yeah. Oh, you know what, I gotta jump to this next thing. Right, the moment, and this is what happens in small groups. This is what happens, quite frankly, in the lobby of the church. The moment someone actually goes, well, but how are you, are you? Uh, you know, I gotta go get my kids. And and I know that what I'm asking, because I've lived it, is scary, but let me tell you, vulnerability is not a sign of weakness, it is a sign of strength. And we gotta believe that getting vulnerable with each other, being honest with each other, being transparent is a part of God's plan, not just for us to fight self-preservation, but for us to be molded into the people that God has called us to be. And this is a beautiful thing that happens when I get around people and I begin to build that trust and I begin to know and to be known. All of a sudden, I begin to understand I'm not alone, that I belong somewhere. And all of a sudden, the Bible becomes real to me because it says that he puts the lonely into families. And can I just speak this over your life? I know the last three years have tried to separate us, have tried to divide us, and have tried to isolate us. And let me tell you, church, now, is not the time for us to crawl into our holes and do just me and daddy God now is the time for us to buy into what it looks like to pour my life into other people and be poured into by others and it's beautiful because that's how neighborhoods begin to change That's how communities begin to change. That's how cities begin to change. When a group of people begin to live not a life of self-preservation, but a life that flows for others. Just a few of the benefits that I have found in my life of being in community is there's been healing for my soul. You know, I've expressed to you that I've been Here's what I'll tell you straight up. I'll just say it this way. I have, if you know part of my story, everywhere along the way, I have had every reason to literally detest the local church. It's failed me time and time again. People in, this is where I've been hurt the most is in the local church. Yet, it's in the local church and in communal living that I have found healing from my wounds. Where I have found camaraderie where I can recognize that it's not always perfect, but it's always worth it. Maybe today you're here and you're kind of like me, getting tired of holding up that shield, holding up that barrier, where you're not letting anyone in and you think it's protecting you, but really it's imprisoning you. And I wanna switch that analogy and tell you that the book of Ephesians chapter six talks about this armor of God, one of those pieces is this shield of faith. I don't want to go into all of it because I don't have the time, but let me just say it suffice it to say it this way. Uh, the shield that it's describing there is, is when they went to war, what they would do is they had these shields that would actually link up with one another. And so as they they took on more ground, they were able to, everyone as they lifted up their shields, they created a wall of protection above and in front and it allowed them to advance and take on more ground. Some of you are here today and you've been trying to go at life with your own shield all by yourself. And it's time for you to link that shield of faith with other people. Number three, community begets hospitality. Community begets hospitality. Romans 12, are you still with me? Are you getting something out of this today? Okay, good. Romans 12, chapter uh, yeah, chapter 12, verses 19 through 16. Again, Paul writing to the Romans saying, let love be genuine. By the way, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. This sounds to me like community living. Outdo one another in showing honor Bless those who persecute you, bless them and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. This sounds like community. Live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty. In other words, don't get a big head, but associate with the lowly, never be wise in your own sight. This is where I wanna tell you right here, this is the community we are building. This is what we're aspiring to be and to become. This is what I want our children and our children's children to know and experience. Church, this is what we're called to do. And and let me just tell you, again, if if you're visiting us uh, or or maybe you're like kind of checking us out or you're kind of new to us, one of the things that we do is we serve around here. Part of why we have two services. I've been asked all the time, why? Is it just for growth? No. So that we can attend one and serve one because everyone should serve. Everyone is called to serve somewhere. Everyone is called to serve in a community. Let me actually just open up a quick parenthesis here, and then I'll reopen another parenthesis. The community you're in, The neighborhood you're in, you're called to serve there. Don't wait for someone else to do it. God has given you a sphere of influence in your workplace, in your family, in your very neighborhood. And he's asking you to be activated in that, okay? And some of you have been living in, oh, I got to get this out of my, I I just got to say this. Some of you have been living in the same community, in the same neighborhood for a lot of years. And you still don't know your neighbors. And I'm just going to tell you, get to know your neighbors, can I just like practically say that? Like my wife just said it even better. It's time. And like overcome the, the shame of it. Like, just, and, and go knock on the door and be like, hey, I know I've lived here for like 20 plus years and I've literally never introduced myself, but nice to meet you. I knew that wasn't gonna land well. I didn't get any amens. Here's my secret. When you're quiet, I know I'm getting somewhere. Legacy Church is a church that serves. We serve one another we serve outside of these four walls. We serve our families. We serve the neighborhoods that we've been placed in, and and in fact, I, I do want to just let you know, uh, last last Christmas, or just you know a couple couple weeks ago, last Christmas, as if it was you know, so just this Christmas, uh, as you know, we. Uh, did an outreach for Meridian Elementary School literally right down the road, right? We did put on a Christmas night for over 400 of their kids and families, and we provided them with a shuttle uh, ride from our parking lot to their school. Our lobby became uh, a hot cocoa bar. We gave them gifts. It was just amazing. It was an amazing night, right? And in addition to that, we have been partnering with their teachers, and their teachers have been in the middle of a building program that has just gone, like, Longer. How many of you know building programs go always longer and more expensive than anything? And they're trying to teach through that and all this stuff. And so thank, thanks to a church that has not just owned hospitality, but given hospitality, I wanna just throw up a a couple photos of what you guys have done, and this is just a a quick note that we received from them. Uh, Just this last Friday, we went and gifted the teachers some specific things, and this is their response. Recently, the staff at Meridian Elementary have gone through so much from the main building of classroom under construction to moving back into different classrooms mid-year while students are still on the premises and we share classrooms with the Boys and Girls Club. We have been constantly berated with things outside of our control and it takes a toll. I share this because when the teachers found out that this, and they said random church, and I I didn't wanna say random church because it kinda hurt me to go, I don't wanna be a random church, I want them to know who we are. But when you he heard that this church wanted to bless us, we were excited but also relieved. On Friday, there was an immense amount of joy coming from every teacher and staff member. This job has us carrying many burdens, and for once, we felt seen by our community. I know it seems silly purchasing clipboards for teachers or storage containers but it felt like a second Christmas to see how this church blesses us as teachers. We use these things to help students with all different learning styles feel proud of themselves. Long story, but we are all so thankful for the gifts from Legacy Church. Check this out, for a brief moment, we could walk taller and breathe a little easier and that's all because of you at Legacy Church. So yeah, there you go. We outdo one another in honor. We serve with zeal. We're fervent in spirit. That means we don't drag our feet, right? Oh, well, it's Christmas again. We'll see what kind of outreach they do now. and They're gonna ask us for money. Oh, and just around the corner is Easter. What's Tony gonna think of now? Don't tell me he's gonna have an Easter bunny and, and, and do like a, 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 an Easter egg hunt now. Like, doesn't he know that's pagan? This doesn't happen here, right? Like I'm just, it is just hypotheticals. Some of you maybe murmured under your breath right now. Decide right now to repent and just not be that anymore, okay? We don't drag our feet. It's not a personality trait. Hear me church, it's a position of the heart and attitude towards God and others. And when I allow hospitality and my servanthood and me pouring myself out and what I have been given is so that I could bless others. When I begin to understand that church, my life is transformed. Because now it's not only seen within the context of me, 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 me. And it's seen within the context of others. And let me tell you, Jesus was right when he said, it is better to give than it is to receive. I'm telling you, Jesus was right Paul was right. I'm telling you, these guys knew what they were talking about because they had experienced what it was like to pour themselves out for others. Yes. Yes. And a lot of you here today have been gifted with things. What have you been gifted with? The book of Galatians chapter six, verse 10 calls us all to do good to all people. What have you been given to do good? Hear me church, all of you have been called to do good and each one of you has something to give. What is it? Is it a gifting? Is it wisdom? Is it finances? Is it a story? Is it a talent? I wanna hone in a little bit, is it it your home? Notice how the scripture here says, practicing radical hospitality. Practicing hospitality. And and, and, uh, that's one version. The version we just read in the ESV, it says to seek to show hospitality. Notice how there's an intentionality there. I seek, it's not a happenstance. Right, I seek to show. This is why. Just yesterday, we had an entire crew of volunteers here working on the stage. And last week, we had other folks uh, re- resurfacing the stage. And this is why our our kids' church doesn't just show up on a Sunday and kind of go, mm, uh, "Yeah, let's just teach this." No, there's an intentionality in how they set up their classrooms and how they cut out the curriculums and the craft and all this stuff, so that your children can be experiencing hospitality. So you can walk in and experience a hospitable environment in church it's time for you and I to now give that to others yes, that's right. Good. and let me tell you all of you you're all sitting here and all of you are at some point questioning whether or not you are called to open your home to people let me just tell you the answer yes you are Like it's not just like a Latino saying, mi casa es tu casa. No, it is whoever follows Jesus knows that what's mine is for others. Man, I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face. Because we live in a society that says what's yours is yours. But Bible says what's yours is for others. Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. Jesus himself says that which you have received by mercy, by mercy also give. Come on. So can I give you some practical advice on showing hospitality? Okay, I didn't need your permission, but I'll still give it to you. Like I said, it's not happenstance, it's an intentional move. Right, I don't just like, when I know a guest is coming, I don't just like not vacuum my house, you know? How many of y'all know you vacuum your house when you know guests are coming? And it's probably the only time you vacuum all month. I'm just trying to help you out. Maybe, maybe hosting a small group is what the cleanliness of your home might need. I don't know, I'm gonna leave it at that. Here's some practical advice on, on hospitality. You gotta first understand that all people are welcome and everyone has a seat at the table. Number two, don't be weird. Like, you don't, don't be weird. Now, don't get me wrong, all of us gotta own our awkward. Come on, how many of you know we're all awkward on, and if you don't know, then that's awkward that you don't know. (laughs) Okay. I'm telling you, own your awkward, but don't make it weird. And you know what makes us weird? When we try to be something we're not. That's what's weird. When like I try to cover up my awkward by trying to be something I'm not like, no, don't, don't be something you're not. Yeah. Now I'm not saying don't grow. Like those of us like me that suffer from this gift of talking and, and, and kind of suffer from like not being able to just sit in silence every once in a while. Like, it's awkward when, my wife tells me this all the time, it's awkward when you fill the room with sound constantly. <laughs> like it's okay for you to be quiet every once in a while. right? And then we've reproduced five children that do that, right? And they're all musicians on, in some way. So like there's humming and there's singing and there's tapping and there's this and it's like, ah, right? Like, so, I, so I'm not saying don't, don't grow into that if you're like me. And I'm also not saying like if you're, if you're shy and timid, don't grow into learning how to have a conversation. But what I am saying is don't make it weird, okay? Like when you open your home, like don't make it weird, which goes along with my third uh, recommendation here is don't try to put on a show. Like, when you open up your home, like, some of you are like, well, I live in an apartment. Well, I live in, good, use what you've got. Well, I just live in a small condo. No, good, use what you've got. I said this, uh, I failed to say this in in first service, but to some of our college students, well, I just live in a dorm, cool. You know what my wife used to do when we were in college? She used to cook for every cross-country runner, well, most of it because she was in love with one of them, and, uh, but... (laughs) That's neither here nor there. Uh, it turned out pretty good for her anyway. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I think so. <sighs> I may be the only one that thinks so. <laughs> she would open up, even in her own dorm, she would, she'd cook mac and cheese with tuna for all of us. Like, that's what we had, right? Because we were broke college students. Right, what do you have? Don't try to put on a show. Why? Why? And, and I, I want you to hear... Please, church, let this truth sink into your heart. You have no idea when your home can be a place of refuge for those that have no refuge. You have no idea how your home can be a place of celebration for those that have no one to celebrate wins with. You have no idea how your home can be a place of honor for people that are dishonored constantly, daily at their jobs, by their families, and, they, and they're never honored as human beings, as children of God. Your home can offer that. Your home can be a place where mourning can safely take place, a place where life happens for those that are without family. Church, I'm asking you to honor the bride of Christ. I'm asking you to honor his church, to honor each other, to honor the local church, the global church. And in turn, let's honor his kingdom through our service and our hospitality. Let me let you in on another secret. When we begin our vision series, we're gonna be talking about five specific values that we're gonna be focusing on in 2023, one of which is radical hospitality. And I'm just going to give you a warning. There are going to be some things that maybe even aesthetically begin to change around here as we put in a greater effort to be hospitable. I don't want that to be isolated to a Sunday morning. Can you and I begin to be hospitable in our hearts? Are our hearts open to those that are different from us? Those that are in different age groups, different journeys of life. Is our home open? Is our table, have we built bigger tables rather than larger fences to protect us and protect our privacy? Have our minds been open? Have our hearts, have our souls been open? Have our resources been held open-handedly? Christian, you can come on up, brother. People tell me all the time, and please Please don't hear this as a brag. I'm serious, don't hear this as a brag. And please also don't hear it as me putting myself up above anybody because I'm gonna get to a specific point. But Sophia and I, we, we love hosting. We, it's just part of what we do. It's part of who we are. We love opening our home. Uh, if you've ever been to our house, you're gonna know, and like some of you have only been there once and never come back, and I don't blame you because it's always gonna be loud and it's always gonna be a party. There's just no other way to do it. Like it's just a Nunez Nation way, and I get that. Like there are some of you that need to open up your homes and be more quiet for the quiet people. So see, and then the body <laughs> will lack nothing. But, we get told all the time, like, you have such a gift of hospitality. And, and I get it, I appreciate it. Like, oh, your wife, she bakes the best bread, and she does, and she makes the best food, and yeah, and, and Tony, you make us laugh, even if it's at you, yes, totally, absolutely. Right, like, Tony, you and I don't know what else I'm good at, like, making a playlist, maybe? Like, okay, setting the atmosphere, right? like. I think I'm really, really good at choosing karaoke songs, too. But anyway, that's another story for another time, especially if they're emo songs. Anyway, um, <laughs> but, but, but please, and I appreciate that comment, but please, as, as, as the pastor of this church, please don't use our hospitality as a cop-out for you to be not be hospitable. No, because it's not just for people with a gift of hospitality. Paul is not writing and saying, seek to show hospitality those of you that are gifted with this gift. He's speaking to all believers. If you're a Christ follower, you must seek to show hospitality where and how you can. Do not wait for those that have a gift. Are you hearing me, church? To carry what you can so beautifully carry. And I know I joked about my bent and and, and how like my personality creates a party or whatever, but I mean it. There are people that need a hospitable home that is calm and peaceful. And and don't sell yourself short because you're maybe a quiet, shy person and you're like, oh, this is, own the awkward, but don't be weird. I'm out of time, so this is what we're gonna do, okay? We're not singing a song at the end, and, um, and I'm gonna respect your time today because I've joked enough about making you go late every Sunday, um, but this is what I do wanna do. Um, and you know, if, if you've heard me speak before, you know usually i like to end it, the service with several options for you to kinda choose from. Today, and, and it's rare that I do this, today I believe there is a response for everyone in this room that chooses to truly be discipled by Jesus. And that is everyone today has a next step that they can take that's available to them. Today, maybe your next step is that you know that we're holding baptisms, doing baptisms uh, January 22nd. And you're one of those people that have recently given your life to Jesus and now you wanna make a public declaration of that decision. And so maybe your next step into community is I want to get baptized with the witnesses of my family and my community. And so you're going to go to the info hub at the end of the service and somebody can help you get signed up. Maybe that's your next step today. Maybe your next step is Tony, you've been talking about community, you've been talking about small groups, you've been talking about uh, communal living. That's great. But um, I kind of barely made it here today, like on a Sunday. And I don't. What I'm about to say, I don't wanna say it with condemnation. I I hope you hear my desire to see you flourish in all that God has for you. But maybe some of you today, the next step is deciding that your attendance on a Sunday morning is not optional anymore. That you're not gonna like wake up on a Sunday and just kinda see how you feel. And I I gotta say this because it, it breaks my heart that we live in a day and age where there isn't this hunger for God that says, I was glad when they said to the house of the Lord, we're going. I just, I feel like we're missing that church in our culture that says your weekends are up to you. Like you've worked hard enough and and we can't fathom what it is to just commit to going to, a house of God and celebrating with our family and make that a consistent lifestyle. I, I just it, I don't want to sound I'm trying to be real careful because Sophia told me I was too harsh for service so I'm really trying okay, to not like So I want to inspire you not guilt you into this. I, I just miss those days right like and I don't know I, I grew up this way where like if the church doors were open you were there because God will meet you there. And I'm not saying this is the only place that the presence of God dwell, I'm not saying that, but we have cheapened the value of corporate gatherings that the Bible is so clear on. So maybe your next step here today is, you know what? My Sunday attendance is no longer optional. It's a commitment. It's a commitment to go to the house of God, to serve my people, to serve my community through whether it's joining a team or, 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 or being here and setting the atmosphere for, and greeting guests. Maybe it's that at the end of the service, in the very back, we've got tables set up. We're gonna have some of our small group leaders back there. Maybe your next step today is you're gonna go back there and you're gonna ask some questions. You're gonna sign up for a small group and you're gonna get vulnerable. You're gonna get transparent, it's gonna be, you're gonna get brave, like I get it, and I'm gonna be right there with you. Like we're gonna get vulnerable together, we're gonna get transparent together, it's gonna gonna be hard, it's gonna be beautiful, it's gonna be messy, it's not gonna be perfect. Maybe after checking out the list of small groups, you're like, well, there isn't really one that fits me. Great, maybe your next step is talking to Paula, who's over our community groups, and saying, train me so I can host and lead one that is more my style but do you hear me that everyone here today has a next step, I believe. So I'm gonna let you decide for yourself how to not sell your journey with Jesus short and limit it to just a Sunday gathering where yes, it's important, but where we find life in real community where we are truly open with one another, we know and are known. I'm gonna leave you with this, okay? The communion of saints is not just a connection of saints. God's desire is not for you to be loosely connected. He desires that you and I would deeply commune with him and with each other. So Father, right now, I pray that you would stir our hearts to do what you're calling us to do. Lord, every person in this room, every person online, God, I believe has a next step. And I ask God that you would make that next step clear to us and help us to be obedient to it. Lord, help us to see the beauty that there is in this thing that you've designed and that you love. And that is a body of believers coming together and being on the same mission together, growing together, being disciple together, impacting other people's lives together, sharing the greatest message that this world has ever heard together, journeying through the ups and downs and the in-betweens of life together. Father, I specifically do feel my heart to pray for those in this room that perhaps have been hurt by everything that I've just preached on. Maybe they've been hurt by a community. Maybe they've been hurt and, and with all the greatest of intentions, maybe they, were just, they just experienced the imperfection of humans. Lord, number one, I, I, don't, I don't wanna lessen what that experience is like and I don't wanna narrow it down, but I do ask God that you would meet those broken hearts and that you would heal and mend those broken hearts yes. and that in them, there would be a new courage to go, you know what, I'm gonna try again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself back out there. Father, and I believe and I pray, that's my heart's cry, that there would be healing in that, that there would be a restoration in that, God, that there would be just a new wholeness that is found in that for those that have been hurt, God. I recognize that for some of us, this, this sermon may have encouraged us to take a step that maybe we've never taken before. I pray, God, that you would honor those steps. God, those great steps of faith and walking into the unknown, Lord, that you would honor those things. Lord, that you would help us to truly become a community that's united, that loves one another, that serves one another, that honors one another, that journeys with one another, and that we don't give up on each other. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So this is what's going to happen. I'm going to dismiss you right now. And here's what you're gonna do. You, if you need prayer for anything, Christian's gonna keep playing here. You can head on over to the prayer corner. There's people there that can pray for you. Uh, but I, I do wanna encourage you, go take a next step today. Head on over to the back where there's uh, small group leaders. Head over to the info hub, ask questions, uh, and, and, and just see what God will do in your life through community. So bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. And go enjoy that sunshine because it's finally out. Okay, love you all.
0: Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.